Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts on this Wednesday edition of the show that also happens to be Takes on Takes with the NFL Scouting Combine wrapping up. We wanted to spend the Monday show recapping offense, Tuesday show recapping defense, and that means Takes on Takes gets pushed to Wednesday, but we got it in this week. Kyle, welcome to the show. Thank you, Joe. We know what day of the week it is. We're off and running. Takes on takes. What could possibly go wrong? Nothing. Nothing. And we got a first-timer to, to lead things off. Joe, Joe Romano, great first name there. He says, first ever takes on takes to let you know that Todd McShay has Brian Burns outside the first round in his latest mock draft. Now, keep in mind, it was sent in on February 26. But, Kyle, what do we think about uh, this take here that was take that was sent in from Joe regarding Todd McShay? First of all, Joe, thank you for the take. Sit down. Make yourself at home. Get comfy. I'll be gentle. First take. Congratulations. Todd, we get to talk, bro. I talked quite a bit yesterday about Brian Burns. I'm not going to turn this into another uh, soapbox speech, but I don't know how. You look at Brian Burns. Keep that door down, Joe. Hush now. His pass rush prowess, his first step explosiveness, These things, and you don't see a first-round player. I understand that there's some leanness to his game, right? But pass rush is king, and Burns has certainly set set himself up for a very, very successful draft circuit. Uh, Riley Osborne, Joe, I'm convinced you ordered these deliberately so that you could get this take, especially right off the show and get yourself set up. I still think Josh Allen joins Josh Allen on the Bills. Hashtag takes on takes. Uh, you know, I like the line of thought here because the Bills do have a need at pass rusher. When you think about beyond this season, uh, Jerry Hughes is in a contract year, Shaq Lawson's in a contract year, and that pretty much leaves just Trent Murphy as the only edge rusher on the team going into the 2020 season, and you don't want to put yourself in a position where you need to rebuild the position that much. Uh, and Trent Murphy certainly not going to be the lead rusher on a, on a top NFL defense and so the need is pretty clear that I think there's a couple of issues that come with this idea first of all is Josh Allen getting to number nine I don't think that's very likely I don't think the Bills would want to trade up for Josh Allen uh, and number two I think while it is a, an important need for the Bills I think there are critical needs right now and obviously free agency will dictate a lot of that but uh, with the Bills needs on the offensive line and that wide receiver and that defensive tackle where the the options are pretty barren right now I, I have a hard time thinking that number nine will be used on uh, on an edge and uh, you know if Josh Allen were to get there at nine then I think that's a real possibility I just don't think that's going to happen all right let's move on to Eric Hutchins he says at this point I'm actually hoping the Cardinals trade rumors are true Steve Kime is incompetent and Rosen deserves a franchise that will invest in his success no wonder Bruce Arians faked retirement to escape after seeing them waste Carson Palmer well, why don't you tell us how you really feel about Steve Kime man jeez this one cuts deep Uh, Listen, as far as it goes with Josh, any player needs stability to be successful. And Josh has not had a lot of stability with the coaches that he's worked with going all the way back to 
college level at UCLA, and uh, I certainly think the conditions in which he's currently entrenched as part of the Arizona Cardinals organization do not set him up, nor would they set anybody else up uh, to be as successful as possible. So uh, if you are a believer that the Arizona Cardinals franchise is one that is kind of changing directions after a very short amount of time, then yeah, you can can justify and say that you would hope that Rosen, if you want him to be successful, uh, is given an opportunity to do so somewhere that that really wants to stand behind him. And uh, it still remains to be seen whether or not that's how the Arizona Cardinals actually feel. And we'll, we'll get clarity over the course of the next several weeks. Uh, Chef Rock, Packers package their two first-round picks to trade up to, say, pick seven or so with the Jaguars to Nat Brian Burns. I'm assuming he thinks Jaguars signing Nick Foles and then trade now want the extra picks. Maybe. But, yeah. listen, Jacksonville still needs a long-term quarterback even with Nick Foles there. He goes on to have double-digit sacks as a rookie. Have not checked the draft value charts or anything, but this feels reasonable. Hashtag takes on takes. Here's the thing on this. I think this is a lot to give up to move up five slots to get to get Brian Burns. And I really like to see the Packers use that draft capital uh, to, to get a couple of good players. And um, while I think Brian Burns would be a great fit there, I would love to see them let the board fall to them a little bit and really take advantage of what they have at their disposal. Also, I, when I think about the Packers and their edge rush situation, it's something that they definitely need to address. I think this is the perfect team to go out and get Justin Houston. He was recently released. He's 30 years old. He's had nine sacks each of the last two years, and I think that would give them a solid piece for right now and gives them the flexibility to remain flexible and not have to move up to go address the pressing need. Let the board fall to them and don't give up that draft capital is the way I would uh, I would attack that. All right, Kyle, the sports nut, he gives us three different player comps, so let's rip through these. The first one is DK Metcalf to Demarius Thomas. I don't hate it. Okay, uh, and Keel Harry to DeAndre Hopkins. It's optimistic, but I also don't hate it. Dwayne Haskins to J- Jameis Winston. Oh, boy. Um, very different offenses, right? I feel like Jameis versus Dwayne coming out, I thought Jameis ran a little bit more... I can see where he's going with that as far as the arm. I think Jameis probably has better arm talent, raw arm talent, better consistency pushing the ball down the field than what you got with Dwayne. You got any feedback on any of these three? Uh, no, I don't, I don't hate any of them, to be honest with you. I, I see I see the logic behind them. Um, I don't hate them. Okay, so intangible, Intangibles NFL pod, based on his combine measurements, 6'2 instead of 6'6, six, six, and his average combine performance, our Sega Whiteside will be a late day two slash early day three guy. Hashtag takes on takes. Um, I don't. I don't think JJ Arcega Whiteside did anything at the combine, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so did and nobody he, thought he was six six. Yeah, I don't think anybody thought he was six six. So I don't think anything changes uh, regarding what you believed JJ Arcega Whiteside was. I think he's probably still a day two guy, pretty firmly. I'd be surprised if he went into day three. I think he's got a lot of the uh, the football character the teams are looking for, and a nice skill set that really could round out uh, an offense, uh, a group of weapons for a receiver. So I think he's still a day two guy, and obviously I wish he would have tested. I don't know why he didn't, uh, but uh, I, I think that his, his athletic testing was always going to be secondary to what he proved on tape. All right, this one comes from Brunelli Sports. This is one of those deals where somebody reports another take and we have to respond to it. We are the uh... – Steaming hot takes. Yeah, so this one says, I'm calling it and don't at me. Well, we won't at you. We'll just talk about it on the podcast. Ja'Kai Polite, edge from Florida, is Randy Gregory, edge uh, former cowboy. Attitude problem, poor motor, talented 
talented but wasted talent will fall in the upcoming draft and won't live up to his status. Uh, that was said by Brunelli Sports, and then Travis Ferguson is the one who hashtag takes on takes it. Well, listen, we we heard some concerns about Jakai before the combine, but we really didn't talk too much about them, Joe. We alluded to them briefly, but you don't want to have conversations about players that you haven't had a chance to interact with or engage with or or talk to, and say something that might not be fair to the player. But I think you see the way Ja'Kai handled his NFL Combine experience. And yes, there are some concerns with the way he showed up, the shape he showed up in, the athletic testing that he put on the field, his attitude at the Combine, and apparently his attitude with his team interviews. Lots of red flags coming up in those capacities. So was something we'd heard rumors about. But again, we're not going to wildly speculate on guys that and be unfair to the player. But with the information that we now have, we can come out and say, yeah, like, we heard some of this kind of stuff was a concern beforehand, and now we've seen it firsthand as far as it's materialized in one of the most important events of his his uh, draft process. Uh, JJ, Deontay Thompson is no longer a possible first-round pick as injuries begin to stack up on top of each other and with how light he weighed at the combine. Maybe a mid-second to early third-round pick now. Hashtag takes on takes. Yeah, J.J., I think this is a good one. Uh, I think we haven't said a lot about Deontay Thompson lately, and and I think it does kind of speak to a quote-unquote fall for him. I think it's probably more likely than not that he is a day-two guy than he would be selected in the first round. I think there's some other safeties that have really gained a lot of steam and momentum that have probably put themselves ahead of Deontay Thompson. I mean, Thompson was so good at the end of 2017 and at the or at the start of yeah tw- end, end of 2017 and start of 2018, but then the, more and more issues kind of continue to manifest themselves throughout the course of the season, and he really hasn't captured any sizzle here in the draft season. Uh, certainly by not really participating at the combine, uh, didn't didn't have a chance to show off his athleticism. So uh, you know, I think he, you're right about this. I think it's more likely than not he's not a first round pick. Kyle, we've got a hot hot take. Ready for this? No. From, you got to be ready because you're okay. getting it right now. Jeff Jackson, the second, he says, Arizona will take DK, number one overall. And then he says, lock it in. If you saw the Twitch stream the other day, you'll understand this reference. Pretend I'm Trevor Sikama. No. <laughs> uh, no, don't see it. Uh, Arizona certainly needs help. I think here's a hot take for you in response to this hot take. I think Arizona has a better chance of trading for Antonio Brown than they do drafting DK with the number one overall pick. I don't hate that. I'm going to take this as my pick, as my take, because this next one's definitely for you. Um, So, yeah, I think that's probably true. I think it'd be so stupid. I think it'd be so stupid for them to go get Antonio Brown in a completely instable franchise, getting the least stable human being that plays NFL football on your team and giving up draft capital to do it. I think that would be a major, major, major no, and a major red flag, and it just shouldn't happen. All right, Kyle, this one comes from Jared Football. My man, I love it. Every time I see Jared Football, I get a little happy. Uh, he says the Dolphins will trade their first for Rosen. Rosen will go on to have a Super Bowl, a superior career to Kyler, uh, referring to Kyler Murray. Well, I wouldn't hate it because I evaluated Josh Rosen quite high, but if you listen to the Dolphins and Brian Flores – they talk about the positive culture they want in the locker room. They want team-first guys. They don't want egos. And I'm not even going to say that Josh Rosen has any of those issues, but there's a perception that Josh Rosen has those kinds of issues. And uh, the Dolphins are a team that 
Arizona traded up in front of by one pick to draft Josh Rosen last year and ensure they got that pick. Well, it since broke after the draft last year that even if Josh Rosen and Minka Fitzpatrick were both on the board with the 11th overall pick, the Dolphins were picking Minka Fitzpatrick. So I don't think the evaluation is there for the Dolphins to trade, even though financially you can get three years of control for a high-end pocket passer for $6.5 million. You'd be stupid not to take that, in my opinion, especially in this year's quarterback class. I would absolutely do it, but no, the Dolphins will not. Uh, Chaz Turnbow, DK Metcalf's horrible three-cone drill should be more of a talking point than his 40-yard dash, especially coupled with his limited route tree at Ole Miss. Let's talk about it takes on takes. Yeah, so I, I think it is important to talk about his agilities and that they were really poor, and both of them were really poor. Um, and at the same time, I'm not quick to overlook, you know, all the other amazing numbers that he put in for his size and, you know, obviously how those traits showed up on the football field. I keep referring everyone to Brad Kelly's articles. Uh, check him out on the Draft Network. He's written extensively about DK. He's tweeted extensively about DK, and he really does a great job of, of showing on film where those things are not problematic. And, um, you know, I think here's the thing. The, overall, receivers come in all shapes and sizes. I think I said this yesterday or on some podcasts that I recently did. I do a lot of podcasts. There are all shape, different shapes and sizes when it comes to wide receivers. The way that Julio Jones wins is not the same way that Julian Edelman wins. The same ways that Keenan Allen wins are not the same ways that Adam Humphreys wins. You can find ways to be extremely productive with DK Metcalf as your top receiver, even if there are concerns about his ability to, to not throttle down and get in and out of breaks. He, there is so much space to work with on a football field. There's so many different ways to attack it, and you have a unique, rare guy in DK Metcalf with elite physical tools that I, if you can't find ways to get him the football and get him in favorable opportunities that take advantage of his strengths, then you are just a crap coach. Kyle has flagged me down and wants to say something here. Joe, have you seen the video of the, the three-cone in question? No, I've never seen it. Yeah, it's it's out there. Okay. And uh, his first plant foot, his foot skids on the line, and then he takes two false steps as he's turning the cone on the L in the three-cone drill. So uh, there's some technique issues here. I was also told DK had a little bit of dead legs coming in. He was he was tired. Um, I'm not reading too much into it. And, again, you look at it on, tra- or on tape, and Joe, as you said, there's – Lots and lots of examples of ways in which DK Metcalf can change directions and create separation when he's asked to do so. Don't assume because a guy wasn't asked to do it at Ole Miss that he can't do it. That's a recipe for underestimating a player as far as I'm concerned. All right, Kyle, this one comes from Brad W. He says the Draft Network will sponsor an NFL Scouting Combine Award for the attendee with the widest wingspan, and it will be called the Chocolate Starfish. I love this take. Uh, let's let's make this official now. So we do do we know who had the widest wingspan? I know um, uh, Hakeem Butler and DK had big ones, didn't they? Yeah, and so did uh, so did Justin Lane. Okay, so let's do our research, and <laughs> on tomorrow's show, we're going to award the uh, the first ever NFL Combine Chocolate Starfish Award presented by the Draft Network. Sounds good. We're going to do that. Okay, Arif, uh DK Metcalf is the Bud Dupree of receivers. Thank you, Andrew Blake, for uh, steaming hot takes in this Arif Hassan take and uh, giving Joe the opportunity to tell everyone why we're talking about DK Metcalf again on this podcast. 84% chance 
Arif put this out just to trigger us. Oh, no, yeah. not, not just us, but, like, just to <laughs> to do what Arif does, which is yeah. instigate on He's an instigator. Yeah. And we, you know, look, we're, we're close with Arif. I had dinner with him this week. Uh, but here's the deal. I don't think so. I think with with Bud, you had a, you had a much more cleaner example to a guy with great physical upside that didn't necessarily have the technical side of the game down. I think with DK Metcalf, you have a guy with immense physical upside that does show really refined technique uh, on the football field. You know, everyone wants to say he didn't run a, a wide, expansive route tree, but at the same time, watch this guy beat press coverage. Watch this guy attack leverage. Watch this guy use his his burst and his size and strength on the football field. His application of the traits is so far superior to to what we ever saw from from Bud Dupree. And so I think if you want to, I mean, if you're just if you're blind and you want to uh, overlook how technically refined DK is and and make these types of statements, that's on you. But I, I don't I don't I can't get on board with this in any way, shape, or form. All right, Kyle. This one comes from Joey Laforo. He says, "If Kyler goes number one." Haskins will go number three. The Jets take the best offer from the Giants, Jags, or insert Finn Skins Broncos here. Can't see 49ers trading down with a shot at Nick Bosa. Well, yeah, I certainly think San Francisco needs to hold Pat. Um, I don't know. This is it's a weird year for quarterbacks. So I don't I don't necessarily know if we're going to play by the same rules as we do every other year, considering that there, there's elite talent, several elite defensive talents that uh, we know teams like and we know are, are going to be interested in landing those players and not just getting eager to trade back just for the sake of getting a couple extra picks. If there's an elite player that you like, hold Pat. The Jets are a really fascinating team. You know, um, I'm not sold that the Giants are invested in trading up for a quarterback, let alone taking one in the first round at all. Uh, it doesn't sound like the Dolphins are super interested. The Redskins would have to give a ton to come up and jump up and get him. And if the Jaguars make a move, then uh, what's the incentive for anybody else to trade up? I just think there's a lot of variables at play here, and we, we always want to push these quarterbacks to the top because it's what we've seen been done over the course of the last three years or so. But I don't think we're playing by the same rules as other draft classes this year. Joe, we got a couple more. Uh, this was a take submitted to us by JB. He turned in Scott Karasik. Uh, Damian Harris will have a more productive career than Josh Jacobs. Hashtag vault me from Scott. JB says, I've got to do it. Takes on takes. Um, so here's the thing with Damian Harris. I have a lot of respect for his game. And going into the season, he was a consensus top one, two, three running back in the class. And um, I, I think there's a, a very cerebral steadiness about Damian Harris skill set that's going to translate very nicely to the NFL, and I think he can enjoy a very productive career. Now, at the same time, I don't think he can touch the physical upside of Josh Jacobs. I think he's the most multifaceted back in the class. I love his size. I love his athletic ability. I love his power. I love the way he catches the football. I love the way he pass protects. And I think there's a, a just a much more exciting athletic profile here to work with in Josh Jacobs and Damian Harris. And so um, for those reasons, I, I, I don't get on board with this. Obviously, when you talk about who's going to have a more productive career, there's so many variables that come into play. Uh, first and foremost, what team they go to. You know, I mean, that's going to dictate both of these guys' careers. And that's the reality 
mentality with a lot of players, especially offensive skill players, where the, the team that they go to, the infrastructure around them, how good the offensive line is, who the quarterback is, shapes so much of how productive these guys ultimately are uh, in, in the NFL. So um, it's hard to say that, but I, I'm going to bet on, on Josh Jacobs. And I'm going to bet that you guys come back tomorrow for more draft dudes. How's that for a segue, Joe? Beautiful. Love it. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. This is our last recording here in Indianapolis. Joe and I, as we record this on Tuesday, are on our way home. Thank goodness. Return to our beds, uh, get some good sleep, and then really get ready to bring you guys down the home stretch here as we work towards the 2019 NFL Draft. If you have takes for next week, make sure you hit us with them with the hashtag takes on takes. If you have any players you'd like to hear us talk about in Scouting Report podcast, please let us know. You can reach us on social media. Joe is at the Joe Marino, and I'm at Grinding the Tape. Kyle Krabs signing off with Joe Marino. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Draft Dudes Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.